If money affects your life in any way, Money Making Sense will talk about it. Be financially healthy, wealthy, and wise. Here's your host, Heather Kelly. Welcome to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're talking about fraud. A lot of different frauds out there. There's romance scams and social media. And is somebody asking you to pay them in a gift card? That's usually not the best way to go about it. So joining me today is Rob Wolhoff. He is the Vice President of Fraud Management at Mountain America Credit Union. So welcome to the show, Rob. Thanks, Heather. Appreciate you having me on your show. I want to get right into it on romance scams because not that I was a victim myself, but somebody tried to make me respond to them on a Facebook post. And the thing that's ironic about this is what I've discovered is that most people who are trying to commit the romance scams will use a picture of somebody that maybe already have been in the news or Mm -hmm. somebody that looks somewhat famous, maybe not George Clooney's face, but they're going to, you know, find somebody like that. So here in Utah, we had, he used to be a mayor of North Ogden named Brent Taylor, and he died in Iraq during the war. And I covered his funeral as a news reporter. I was, I was there for the whole thing. So two months later, I get notification on Facebook from somebody saying, Oh, you're so pretty. I want you to meet me. Here's what I look like. And he posts a picture of Brent Taylor. Oh my gosh. Oh no. I'm like, yeah, you picked uh, the wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it's the romance scams are, are really a, uh, a tricky thing. And it's something that it's not new, right? The people have been trying to leverage uh, romantic intentions to take advantage of other people for a long time. What we see now is just that there's so many different ways that that you can be connected to people. And whereas, you know, 50 years ago, you had to you had to be live in the same town as the person that you were trying to take advantage of. Now with social media and the internet and things, you could be halfway around the world and that and that anonymity and that that digital layer that's in between the victim and the perpetrator really helps facilitate these types of romance scams. And 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 one of the things that that is really really tricky when it comes to fraud, and in particular with a romance scam, but not necessarily only in a romance scam, is this element of emotion, right? So in the romance scam, they're trying to leverage the love and the romantic feelings, or or just the just the 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 feeling of companionship and and not feeling lonely anymore right and and so it, it's difficult that when you get that emotion that then when they the scam part of that starts in particular after you know significant amount of time has been devoted to building this relationship and 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 and, and fostering these this emotion it can be very tricky to have anybody else, whether it's a fraud professional like myself or a concerned family member or a friend to, 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 to be the voice of logic now and to say, wait a minute, this, this doesn't make sense. This doesn't, this doesn't sound right. And so that, so that emotion could be romantic. It could be, you know, Hey, I finally found the perfect work from home job so I can, I can loosen up my finances a little bit and not be so tight. It can be, hey, my ships come in. I've just won the lottery, or 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 uh, my uh, long lost relative has left me their you know their their inheritance, and 
so it, it, it's whatever that emotion might, and, and sometimes that emotion might be a negative emotion like fear. Um, and so, so the, that, that, that emotion versus logic is a very tricky thing. Um, and, and certainly present in the romance scams in abundance. Right. So I'm I'm thoroughly disgusted with the people that try to do any type of scam, whether it's romance or like you say, oh, I've won some money and I'm just trying to give it away. And of course they're not. Um, but what intrigues me more than that is the people who fall for the scams. Now I'm taking out, I want to take out the elderly because, you know, a lot of them do have confusion as they get older. There could be some form of dementia or something, and that's a little bit easier to prey upon. But I want to take the people like myself. Mm -hmm. If I was so lonely that right. this guy pretending to be Brent Taylor is like, you look so pretty, you don't want to eat, you know, t call me back. Let's get to be friends or, you know. And I just went, oh, of course. Like, I don't understand that person. Right. Yeah. And I think that, you know, when we look at the just the, the people that fall victim to romance scams, um, it, it, there's really not a demographic. Like, you can't just say, well, it's only young people or it's only middle-aged people. Um, it, it's, it's more nuanced than that. And the thing that I think most people, uh, what catches most people uh, unawares is the amount of time that a fraudster will take in in fostering that relationship. They're in, and in the romance scam in particular, they're playing the long game, right? So you're not, you're probably not going to get someone that is going to right out of the gate say, hey, send me money. You know, oh, you're so pretty, send me money, right? right. I, I, that's, that's unlikely. Um, now that, that's not necessarily the case, but it's, it's, it's more rare. So they build, they build this, this emotional investment in the relationship. And then it's not, it's not a, Hey, send me money. Um, so that, you know, so that I can, uh, you know, come see you. It, it's, it's oftentimes they're lever they're building on that emotion because now you care about this person. So now it's, there's some kind of an emergency. Oh, my, you know, I, I was in a car accident and I, I'm, I need to pay my hospital bills and I don't have any money or I'm going to get evicted from my apartment or my, uh, you know, my mother-in-law has, uh, has fallen terribly ill and I don't have the money to pay for her medicine. That's the kind of thing that, you know, that they're going to, that they're going to leverage. And so it, it's, 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 it's very tricky to try to, you know, to try to decouple, you know, the, the emotion from this, you know, especially when they're these building on these emotions where you have, now it's not just love, now it's love and concern and it's urgency, right? Yeah. So it's, 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 a it's a difficult thing. And, and one, and another thing that I would point out is I think one of the things that, um, maybe puts people at inappropriately at ease is they think, well, I don't have money. So I, so nobody can take advantage of me financially. Right. So if they, if, if you know, I, I, there's, I somehow I think that there's this perception that, well, if I were a rich widow, uh, you know, then I would need to be more concerned about who I associate with online. 
Um, but because I don't have any money, who's gonna who's gonna take advantage of me? And and so that that I think is something that that people need to be aware of is that just because you don't have money doesn't mean you can't be taken advantage of. Yeah. Because if you only have a thousand dollars in your bank account, a scammer will take that thousand dollars and try to get more. They don't care. Yeah. So this is so yeah. So this is what this is going to look like. So Heather, you're so pretty. I'd love to get to know you better. And then you know build this relationship, build this relationship. And then I say Heather, I uh, you know I had this tragedy happen, and my mother-in-law fell ill, and I don't have the money to pay for her. For her medicine. And you say, well, I don't, I'm sorry. I, I don't have any money. And they're like, well, you know, that's not a problem because I've got this, I've got this check, but I don't have any way to negotiate this check. You know, I live in, you know, some remote area. And, and it, oftentimes it's, it's things like, uh, speaking of Brent Taylor, uh, I'm deployed yeah. and I don't have access to financial services, but I have this check or my commanding officer will send you a check. Right. Yeah. And so here's and so here's the first red flag. If somebody says, "Hey, if you give me your username and password <laughs> or to your online banking application, whatever that is, then I can deposit money into your account, and then you can send that to me." So there's two things that that people need to be aware of right off the bat. Number one, there is no legitimate reason to give your username and password to anything, to anyone for any reason. It doesn't, I don't care if it's your, your email, your, your online banking app, or your username and password to your, to your, um, you know, your, uh, like your, your rewards at your, your dining rewards. I mean, there's just no legitimate reason to give someone their username and password to anything. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that if somebody says that they want, that they're going to send you money, and then they want you to send that money somewhere else. So my commanding officer is going to send you money and then you send it to me. Okay, well, that doesn't make any sense. Why doesn't your commanding officer just send you money? Yeah. Right? There are very, very few absolutes in fraud, but this is one of them. If somebody sends you money, it doesn't matter what the reason may be. It could be a romance scam. It could be because you think you're talking to a lawyer that is managing the inheritance of a long lost relative and you just need to pay the taxes. It could be same thing for like a lottery uh, scam. It doesn't matter what, why they're telling you that you're, they're sending you money. If they're sending you money and asking you to send that money somewhere else, it's fraud. It, it, there's just no legitimate reason to do that. And if they do that, you are a mule. You automatically become a mule if you are being sent money and then you send it somewhere else. Even if it's not yes. the full amount, it can just be a partial amount. You're a mule yes. now and you can be arrested for that. Yes. It's a yes, federal offense. Could, <laughs> yes, you could you could be laundering money. Um, and and you know, it doesn't matter how the money comes into your account or how they ask you to send it out. They could you know, back in the day, it used to be Western Union money grounds. Well, now Western Union, to their credit, has done a really good job about educating people about that. So now they ask you to buy gift cards and and to send them the codes on the back of the gift card. There is no legitimate reason for somebody to ask you to buy gift cards and to send them the codes on the back. Yeah. There was a, a recent story that uh, one of my peers was telling me about where uh, a young lady had just started a new job. 
And she got, a, out of the blue, she got a text message from uh, the CEO of the new, com- the new company that she was working for. Yeah. And he said, hey, I'm at, this, I'm at this function. I can't talk to you right now, but uh, you know, welcome to the team. I, I, I need you to do something for me. Would you go to you know, whatever big box store and buy $1,000 in, in Apple gift cards, send me the codes on the back, and um, and I know you don't have a corporate card yet. Just use your personal credit card. We'll reimburse you. Everything will be fine. And she did. Oh. Well, of course, the person that was calling, was texting her, was not the CEO. It was some person that had found out either through social media or through some other means that she had started this new job and, and socially engineered that interaction to get her to buy gift cards. So there's just no legitimate reason why someone would do that. Another red flag for a romance scam in particular is if the other person, the, the beau, if you will, mm. if, if they're asking you or suggesting that you mislead or outright lie about, you know, particularly to your, to your bank mm. or to your credit union, your financial institution, about why you're doing a transaction, why you're withdrawing money, or, or for that matter, that they're telling you to lie to the cashier about why you're buying five $200 gift cards, right? Yeah. That's never a good thing. So that's, that's important because oftentimes they will say, Hey, tell them that we've met in person. Mm-hmm. Tell them fiancés. Tell them that we're married. When in reality, none of that is true, but you, what they're trying to do. The reason that you may be asked that. If you actually fall for it, if you go, oh, yes, I'll get to the bank, get the cashier's check, or I'll go to get the gift cards at a store. These scams have been going on long enough that most sales clerks and bank tellers are told to ask, do you know where this money is going? Right. And that's why the scammer will say what you need to tell the teller or the cashier at the store for the gift cards is X, Y, Z when it, it's not the truth. And that's right. why you'll be asked that question because they are perfectly aware that this is a big scam and way too many people have fallen for it. Yeah, yeah that's a great point, Heather. And thank you for, for calling that out. There, there are reasons why you're being asked those questions. And it's not because they're trying to invade your privacy or, and it's not because that they're trying to be nosy. They're trying, you're being asked those, those questions so that you, that, so that we can, you can be protected. Yeah. And so, and so, you know, if you're being coached to fabricate or, or mislead a, a cashier or a representative of a financial institution, that's a red flag. And again, it goes back to that emotion versus logic. The emotion is I've got to help this person that I, that I love, or I got to perform well at my new job and impress my new boss. Right. Yeah. So that, that's a great, that's a great point. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll go a little bit more into some of the social media scams and the cashier check versus gift cards. So we'll be right back with Rob Wolhoff. He is a vice president of fraud management at Mountain America Credit Union. Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that affects your life in any way money-wise. We're talking about it, and today we're talking about different types of fraud. Uh, We've already covered romance scams, a little bit about social media. A lot of these romance scams these days happen over social media. Uh, So joining me is Rob Wolhoff. He is the Vice President of Fraud Management at Mountain America Credit Union. 
Rob, at the end of the last segment, we talked a little bit about how bank tellers, if you come in and go, I need $20,000, and they'll be like, well, wait a minute, you know, where's, where are you going to give that $20,000? Not because they're nosy. They're trying to protect you. Right. But what if I'm not there in person? What if I'm just sitting at my computer and either the phone rings or I get an email from somebody at my bank saying, oh, my God, we've we've been hacked. You got to give us all your bank account numbers and all that so we can get it all changed and, and get you taken care of. Yes, yes. And that's a that's a really insidious trend that we're seeing right now throughout the financial services industries is is it's common for fraudsters to impersonate representatives and in particular fraud representatives at financial institutions. And so it looks something like this. And, and, and what, what makes it really insidious is that financial institutions do contact their customers because they monitor for fraud and they monitor for unauthorized transactions. And so, and so when you get a phone call from somebody claiming to be from your financial institution, and by the way, the phone number on the caller ID looks like the phone number at your, at your financial institution. That's not an unusual thing. But this is where it gets unusual. And the, the thing is, is you get the phone call and a legitimate phone call from a legitimate financial institution. If they're trying to verify a fraudulent transaction, they are not going to be asking for information. They are going to be giving information. So it'll sound something like this. Hey, Heather, this is Rob from Mountain America Credit Union. Do you have a few minutes? Uh, we, we were monitoring your account for some unusual activity that flagged. And I just want to take a few minutes to verify a few transactions with you. Do you. Can you do that for me? And then you'll say, sure. And then I'll say, on your debit card ending 1234, we see a transaction at a a King Supers grocery store in Colorado for $400.25. Were you traveling in Colorado recently? Then no. you could say, <laughs> yeah, no, I wasn't, or yes, I was, right? Right. And so the, so a legitimate person is just going to be giving you information. Did you do this transaction? Did you do this card? Now, here's what a fraudster is going to do. Fraudster is going to call up and say, Heather, Thank you for taking my call. This is Rob from Mountain America Credit Union. Uh, I've, I've got this urgent uh, situation. Uh, we're monitoring your account. We see that there's your account's been hacked and that fraudsters are draining your account as we speak. But before we can take care of it, I need to verify you. So, Heather, in order to verify yourself so that we can take care of this and stop these fraudsters from draining your account, I need you to give me your username and password. Okay. So you give them your username and password. Okay, thank you, Heather. Just one more thing. I need the I need the code word on your account. What's the code word on your account? You give the code word on your account. Okay, thank you, Heather. Okay, just one more thing to verify you. I need the three-digit code on the back of your uh, of your debit card. Can you give me that? So they keep asking for information, and in the and all the while they're collecting this information, and then they're using it in real time to steal money from your account. Because what you don't realize is that now this fraudster's accomplice is now calling your financial institution, posing as you, and giving them all of this information that you're passing along. So, so the first thing that people need to realize is that no one should call you and ask for information. 
And if they're asking for your username and password, we talked about that before, there's no reason to give out your username and password. If they're asking for any type of personal information. Bank account info, any. Bank account info, yeah. any type of information. And the best thing to do if you get that phone call is to hang up, look up the legitimate number and call them back. Yeah. So that's the same procedure if you're getting a call from your financial institution or if you get a call from, let's say you get a call from the IRS and they claim that you owe a bunch of money and that, you know, that you're going to get arrested if you don't pay, pay your taxes in gift cards, you know, immediately, right? Yeah. Well, the legitimate IRS would never ask you to pay for taxes in gift cards. Right. So if, if, if you get that urgent call that's trying to, you know, create that urgency and that emotion, uh, the best thing to do is to hang up, look up the legitimate number, and then call them back. And also, I would say if we go back to with you called me the fraudster saying, Heather, you know, we're noticing this fraudulent activity on your account. You need to give me your account number so I can verify it. Like, well, how do you know that's my account if you don't already have the account number? Yes, you're, like, you're, you are absolutely right. Another, another thing that, is, that shows up in this type of situation, but not only in this situation, is when someone will call you up and they'll say, well, in order to verify you, I need to give you a six-digit code, right? Well, the reason why they are asking you for a six-digit code is because, again, their accomplice is, is impersonating you mm-hmm. and the, the legitimate institution is, is trying to verify the accomplice with the six-digit PIN, right? And so the legitimate PIN gets sent to the legitimate member, but the member gives it to the person that called them. There is no reason for somebody to call you and give you a PIN to verify yourself. Now, if you call someone else, right? Right. That's different. But if somebody calls you, a six-digit code doesn't do anything. It just tells them that you're talking, that they're talking to you, which they already know because they're talking to you. Right. Uh, and we see that on, that was very common on classified ads. Uh, fraudsters would respond to classified ads and then they'd say, well, I need to, the person selling, right? I need to send you a six-digit code so that you can prove to me that you're not a fraudster. Well, how does sending you a six-digit code prove that you're not a fraudster? <laughs> right. Well, in reality, what the fraudster's doing is they're taking your phone number and trying to enroll it in Google Voice. Google Voice is sending you the six-digit code to enroll your phone number in Google Voice, but the fraudster's the one that's enrolling it. And so now they can, if you give them that code, they can now use that code to use your phone number to commit fraud. Oh, lovely. So there's just, there's just no reason for somebody to contact you and ask you to give them a six-digit code or to ask for any of this personal information. I got a text from myself once. <laughs> somebody spoofed my phone number and texted me. I don't remember what the reason was, but somebody trying to get something. And it came from me. And I'm like, how did that happen? So what was really funny is I tried to reply and it just replied back to myself. But uh, yeah, it was one of those, I think I had to, you know, click on a link or something inside, which I didn't do. But yeah, I was like, why am I texting myself? Which I wasn't. Somebody spoofed my number. Yes. And that's, and that's why when we were talking about before, when you get this phone call and it, your caller ID may show that it's, it's the phone number is from your financial institution. It's because that 
caller ID number has been spoofed. They are basically masking the legitimate number that they're yeah. calling, which is not hard to do. So it's, and, and to your point about links and text messages, oh, yeah, don't. Now, now there's a little subtle variation that we're seeing lately with regards to these text messages. Because I think people are starting to get aware that, hey, don't click on a link. If you see a link in an email, don't click on it. If you see a link in a, in a text message, don't click on it, which is great. And you sh should not click on a link in an email or a text. But what we are seeing now, and my peers are reporting this, is that what's happening is that you're getting a text message uh, that says, hey, there's there's been an unusual transaction on your account. Was this you? Reply yes or no. So when you re so there's no link in the text, but when you reply to the text, now you're getting that phone call from that person that's impersonating, you know, your financial institution. And now they're saying, hey, creating all this urgency, I need to verify you now and all of this stuff. Yeah. stuff. So if I received a text that says, is this your account? We noticed some fraudulent activity, yes or no. Instead of replying, delete the text completely, just delete it so that you don't have temptation, but then right. call your institution yes. separately yes. and go, I got a text. Was this from you? Yes, exactly right. That, that's exactly right. Because then that way, you know that you are talking to the correct person. Again, just like that hang up, look up, call back. It's the same thing. Delete the text, look up the legitimate number, call them back. Yeah. No financial person is going to be upset if you hang up on them. No, the scammers will be, but if you, Rob, were to actually call me, if I was a member of Mountain America Credit Union, and you told me that, I would be like, ha, bull****, excuse my language, <laughs> and then and then hang up, and then I would call back, and you'd be like, yes, that was me. Thank you for swearing. <laughs> but yes, then, absolutely. But yeah. you'd be okay with it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A legitimate financial institution representative would be like, Heather, thank you so much for being cautious. We appreciate you being cautious. I am not going to ask you for any information. I am just going to give you information. However, if you would feel more comfortable, please hang up with me, look up our legitimate number off of our website, call back, ask to speak to Rob with the fraud management team, and, and then and then we'll get reconnected. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. A legitimate financial institution representative is going to have no problem with that at all. And the same with the IRS or who, whomever. <laughs> like they, they are going to, they get hung up on all the time for other reasons, but they're not going to be that upset if you hang up on them and then find the correct number and call them back. That's right. And that's the same if it's the IRS or if you get a phone call from somebody claiming to be from law enforcement or the Social Security Administration or tech support like Google or Microsoft or or somebody that claims that they're a celebrity. I mean, it's just, it's just, there's just no legitimate reason for those types of contacts. And if for any reason you did, if you get a call from the, somebody at the Social Security Administration and they say that somebody's using your Social Security number, ask them for their name, what office they work for, and then look up the legitimate number for the Social Security Administration, ask for that office and that name. So, Rob, any other tips you can give our listeners on scams, understanding that social media, a lot of times, is not your friends when people you don't know reach out to you? Any Anything like that you can give us? Boy, the the only other thing that I would I would emphasize for your listeners is we certainly we certainly can't in, in you know in a half hour we certainly can't go over every single way that somebody can defraud you, right? 
There are lots of resources out there. There's a new website that the Utah on utah.gov called scams.utah.gov that gives a lot of information about scams. Mountain America, on our website, we have a fraud prevention hub, which is open to all people, whether you're a member of the credit union or not, that has lots of good information about several of the things that we've been talking about. So I would, I would just encourage people to be aware of these things and also to talk to their family and friends and their neighbors about these things as well. Because really awareness is where as a community, we can, we can really help one another to, to recognize and not be taken advantage of in these types of scams. All right. Thank you so much, Rob Wolhoff. You are the Vice President of Fraud Management at Mountain America Credit Union. And we've been really had a good time explaining what people should be on the lookout for. Thank you, Heather. Really appreciate you having me on. Thanks for listening. You can email me with any questions or topics you want to hear about at hkelly at ksl.com. That's h-k-e-l-l-y at ksl.com. And because this is Money Making Sense, you can subscribe for free on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcast, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast, and you'll never miss another episode. Thanks for being a Money Making Sense listener. Follow your common sense on the social media. Money Making Sense on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.